0: Welcome to another LP podcast. This is Scott Powers, joined by Mark Lazarus, we're of the Athletic. Uh, we're here in Nashville, and it, it seems strange like we just ended a season here in Nashville just a few years ago. We've had uh, the epic podcast was held in Nashville with the entire, uh, entire blackhawk speech. Yeah, there's 15 of us <laughs> in one uh, one room yelling <laughs> over each other,
1: cursing a lot too, if I remember. Yeah,
0: again, it was Chris leading the way. <laughs>
1: can't trust him anywhere. No, can't take him.
0: Uh. Yeah, this was, I mean, we knew the season was over and this was anticlimactic, so um, I don't think we want to probably talk too much about the game. But it felt like a lot of Blackhawks games, they were up 2 nothing, Right. And the Predators. And well, you had the
1: stat, I mean, it's just an insane stat that this is the 22nd time in 82 games that they've given up at least 40 shots on goal. Yeah. I mean, that is mind-boggling. And that's with market improvement in the last few weeks. So They had a stretch there where it was almost every single game they're giving up 40 shots on goal. You can't win that way. It's
0: unsustainable. No, it's and, – and some of those games aren't in a Quinville, but there were a lot. In Most of them, ca- yeah, not
1: not too many of them.
0: Yeah, it's – yeah, tonight it, just, it, it continues. This team needs to improve in the offseason. Like it's – like Duncan Keats said today, he's like, you know, maybe I need to do more and Taves and King can all say this stuff. And a year ago a lot of that was true – this year, none of it's true. Like they've all done what they were expected to, and right. some of them were so beyond. That. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: I thought I thought what what Carlton said post game just now is interesting. Where you know we're talking about what has to change defensively, and he's saying, look, I know that we can score a whole bunch of goals, but that's not going to get worse because we play better defense. If anything, we're going to have to puck more, yeah. and we'll be able to score more. And he's right. I mean, that's what Joel Quenneville always said: is good defense leads to good offense. So uh, it's tantalizing to think what this team could be with. Even a respectable team defense, because they have so much firepower up front, and they're probably going to add to it this summer. You're going to lose a little bit of dead weight and gain probably some kind of top nine forward. Uh, so there's a huge potential here if you can just figure this out. If that progress that we saw towards the end of last, uh, toward the end of the season, is is something that's not just a blip but an actual trend.
0: And when and and it's even it's it's not even adding a forward. I think if you add the defenseman, like your offense is just going to improve. Dramatic, because right now a lot of their one of their issues is not getting the puck out of the zone. Right. Like they're guys that are uh, just uh, dumping it, and you know, or just chipping it out to to save, you know, save themselves. And uh, and, and and you're seeing a lot of those turnovers too, where they're
1: like behind their own yeah. net and they're trying to clear, and they send it right to an on-rushing forward, and then it's in the back of their net. And
0: some, I mean, some of there's, there's there's defensive issues with like guys with in, but then there's some just puck handling issues. Like you yeah. see Forsling mishandle the puck and. Um, you've seen that a lot from Seabrook and um, even Murphy I know that some of those underlying uh, passing stats they're they're not great you know like it's it's uh, 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 what the Blackhawks used to do great was they get the puck and then, and Keith talked about it tonight it was about exiting the zone, it was about getting the puck to the forwards as quickly as they can, and and that's why you never saw Keith and John Wilson, those guys carry the puck much or do much. They just got it and then they got it out and they right. and they ran. And now it's 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 not as smooth, you know, like it's. Um, and
1: ideally, Colleton with his system, he wants you skating the puck up the ice. Yeah. You know, Quinville was all about those quick hard passes out of the zone to, to forwards, but Colleton is is an advocate of skating the puck up ice, and they have the kind of guys that can do that. And all of these prospects they have come in yeah. are all puck movers, are all skaters. So there's, 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 there's possibility there. And, and a good offense is a good defense. If you control the puck, you don't have to defend. So that is part of the idea. But I, I'm interested to see just, I mean, it's been, what, got seven months, six months since, since Collison's been here. And at the same time, you, I mean, this sounds like I'm an apologist here, but you can say, well, He hasn't really been able to implement it because when do you do that mid-season when you're playing three, four games a week and you're practicing once a week and you have morning skates. I mean, he's used morning skates almost as practices from time to time. When he gets a full training camp, and he talked about this night, if he has a full training camp and all those practices and all those longer sessions on the ice where he can be a little harder on these guys and demand a little bit more out of them and challenge them more, you know, I'm curious to see what this, this team is not going to be dramatically different next fall, but I'm curious to see how much different the system can be, the structure can be with an actual training camp. I,
0: I think there has to be, people have to be realistic too about what this roster is. Um, it, it, regardless of who was coaching this team, I don't think the results were going to change. I don't. I think this was a borderline playoff team under Joel Quinville. I thought it was a border playoff team under Colleton.
1: Mm-hmm. And, it, and it bore out that way. Uh, and,
0: and that's, and that's we knew, the thing is, and I guess this comes back to accountability, whose who's fault is this? And, and certainly was put on Quinville, but I think we all said before the season that this was probably how this season was going to play out, based on who you brought back, what you did in the offseason. You knew this team had uh, probably a ceiling to it, and and we saw that. And defensively was the biggest issue, and, and you saw that continually throughout the year. And um, even giving up forty plus shots without Manning and Ruder and those guys on right. the team. Um, so I I don't I don't see how you know like you we, we you know we were talking during the game about who's coming back and who's not and. And you mentioned Forsling and Cuckoo and Dahlstrom, all guys that are likely re but you just you can't bring the same group back and expect different results because uh, um, I, I don't... Uh, maybe some of your guys can improve a little bit, but you still have... I mean, Seabrook's going to continue to be in the downward turn, and um, I think Gustafson is what he is, and all these things, I just... I, I don't know how... I don't know how Stan Bowman does it, but he can't come back with the same defense and, and but that's expect something different. I mean, you
1: could bring in a guy, a mid-level guy, and just add him to the mix, add him to the competition. There's no reason that Forsling, Cuckoo, Dahlstrom, all these guys could be your seven or eight guy that, that rotates in yeah. at Rockford, basically. So you could, but you look at the UFA list, as there's some interesting noises happening outside in the hallway here at Bridgestone Arena, um, There's, there's not a difference maker. There's not a guy who's going to come in and transform this blue line. Yeah. Eric Carlson is the only big name available, and the Blackhawks can't afford him. And he's not exactly the kind of guy that you'd be, oh be great to have him. Who would yeah. want Eric Carlson? But there's not like some Nicholas Chalmerson type out there that's going to come in and that you could pair with Gustafson and stabilize him and, and, and use him. That, that that's not. There's no magic bullet out there. So it's going to look different, but it's not going to be like there's not going to be an overhaul. If you're gonna do something dramatic, it's gonna to have to come be a trade. Yeah. And that means you're gonna to have to move either Gustafson or Murphy. And I'm not sure the Blackhawks are willing to
0: do that. And I'm not sure they should do that. Those are two of their better guys. Well I think I think they have to go in the offseason willing to do anything because at the end of the day you need to upgrade. And and if that's moving Gustafson uh, and Murphy, and then upgrading that and signing a guard. it has got to be an you know, upgrade. It yeah. has to be an upgrade. Like you have to find a way, to, and obviously, you're hoping that Yoki Haru takes that next step. Of you know?
1: course, yeah. Um, we keep we keep forgetting about him because he should have been here all along. Right, right, yeah. right, right.
0: So I, I mean, I think you're banking on him improving, um, and then you have to. I think you have to bring in. Um, I, I look at this group, and if Yoki Haru can take the next step, and and Guffson can play like this, and Keith can continue to sustain this, and Murphy is what he is. I think you go out and get the best guy that fits what you need, and I think part of it's a shutdown D, like a, um, a guy who can play in the PK and even play... Uh, Physical guy, a Brandon Manning yeah, type. Yeah, and, and the one that he and i out, and I think we're going to write about... Uh, <laughs> we're we're going to look at some of the UFAs this week, but um, I looked at someone like Jordy Ben, who, who's with Montreal, who leads them in PK minutes. And, Great beard. Great okay, beard. But he's... You know, I, I was asking Arpan about this, who covers the Canadians for the Athletic, and he said, you know... Um, he is what he is. Like you, 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 want to think that he can maybe play, you know, top, you know, top pairing. But he's like, in his role as a third, you know, third, whatever. And then, but playing the most PK minutes, like he's very good. And I think you need to find that guy, because like the Murphy Dahlstrom pairing was was okay as a shutdown D. But if he, if you find someone that can fit that role with Murphy, and then also. Someone who can play the PK. I mean, you saw the PK. Like that's, well, as uh, much uh, as they overhaul over the power play, the PK is I feel was like we all, I think a lot of us
1: we, we talk about the defense so much, but the PK is such a problem. Yeah. Dead last in the league. I mean, we saw for years this team never had a functional power play, but it didn't matter because they were always so good at the PK. You have to be able to do one of those things very, very well. And honestly, I think a better, a good PK is is, is every bit as valuable as a, as a dynamic power play. Yeah, for sure. And and this, this how many games they could have turned from losses to wins if they could kill a damn penalty? Right. And, and they just don't have those guys anymore. You when you have you have Brent Seabrook killing penalties. That that's not that shouldn't be the case. You need to
0: find guys that he's be a power play guy off, now. Yeah. Like
1: he's a guy that has to be used in certain. And they're using them, you know, like like they used Jomerson five years ago. Well, you're that's killing
0: Keith and Seabrook by putting them right. in, in all those situations. Like Keith yeah.
1: should be killing penalties and not on the power play, and Seabrook should be on the power play and not killing penalties. But they just don't have any other options, right? So they need, yeah, they need, they need. again, whatever they bring in on the blue line, it's not going to be some sexy, drastic thing. But yeah, if you can find a role guy who can play a shutdown role effectively, can kill penalties, can eat up some minutes, and you can pair with an offensive-minded guy and kind of cover him a little bit the way that, you know, when you had like a, a Keith Jalmerson pairing even, you know, when you, when you do, so you can uh, rein guys in. That's what has to happen here. Yeah. And, It's it's not going to be a huge overall Everyone wants to see They got all this cap space But they also got the Brinket down the road They got Strom down the road They're not going to be spending all this money
0: if you, but if you, can you spend, spend it wisely. S- spend smart, you get the right defenseman, and then you get a top nine forward. That's that's huge considering that's that Cajula and Perlini and Strom all seem to be pretty good fits. Uh, we were talking before,
1: like, Cajula has been a nice little fit on that top line. Yeah. He's a guy that can do that, but that's not your long term solution. If
0: Cajula can be that type of, pipe, that type of player, the in Andrew the bottom Shaw six guy. role. Andrew Shaw yeah. was a
1: bottom six guy who, in a pinch when they needed energy or there was an injury, you could slot in those top two lines. That's what Drake Cajula can be. But he can't be your top line answer. You still need to have more. You need another winger to yeah. put in those top three
0: lines. Again, it's the lines are. You know, you look up and down, and this team should. I mean, the, the they one score a lot uh, of goals. Arvidsson, score, you had it. Right. Arvidsson set a franchise record of the Predators today with his thirty fourth goal, and the Blackhawks had three of those guys. They have a thirty
1: five, a forty one, and a what a 45, 44.
0: 44? Yeah. I mean, this team can score goals. Yeah, and then then you have depth scores. You, you finally have, uh, you know, Sads on the third line and Cahun's. Uh, solid enough, you know, two-way player, and um, Anisimov isn't ideal, but he's is a third-line center. That's not bad. Um, and I think as a fourth line, if you go with a camp, and, you know, I think Sekiro proved that he can be a two-way guy, and if you have a little bit more pop there, and if is playing a bottom-six role, and all of a sudden you add uh, Dzingel or whomever in a, in a Dzingle, top... Dzingel's the perfect
1: fit for this yeah. team, because he's not going to be super expensive... But he's a guy, he is a legitimate top six winger. He can score a bunch of goals, he can slot in on those lines, he can knock Kajula down at the bottom line, which is about the bottom six, and all of a sudden that lineup is pretty scary. Yeah. It already is pretty scary. And then, you know, like you said, the defense, it, its it's got to be a structural thing. It can't just be personnel. Because mm-hmm. like, the personnel can't change that dramatically. Right, right. So if if you can take the progress of this last month and you can have an entire training camp, I mean, everything's got of all these dominoes. We talked about this going into this year. Is that, well, every, this has to go right. Taves has to bounce back. Keith has to bounce back. And this has to happen. And a lot of those things happened, but the defense was atrocious. And it didn't matter. Yeah. So the, the thing that has to happen now is – jeremy colton system which we haven't even seen in full yet he has he's been drips and drabs because again there's no time to practice yeah. during an initial season uh i'm curious to see what it looks like because we haven't seen it yet even in six months with the guy we really haven't seen what he wants the blackhawks to look like a training camp will allow him to do that
0: yeah. and, and I, I think stan bowman talks a lot about now about finding the right players for Phil Quinville, and that's what he pins some of his, yeah, there's a little bit of retrofitting going right. on. Right, but here. but th- th- that's supposedly what he's going to do this offseason, The fit Colliton system too, and it's it's probably finding defensemen who can uh, finding defensemen or forwards. A couple guys that again, it's, it's not a major overall. But if you're going to do that for Joel Quinville, you I you assume you're do doing it, yeah. the same for this yeah. sort of type of system. Um, and then you know, I I don't think I, I don't think Mitchell's far off. You know, Bowdan and you know, we'll see what Boqvist is. But like, this offseason is big for all those guys, and yeah. not that I don't think I don't think any of those guys are ready to begin next season. But if if those guys, progress Traverse City is
1: going to tell us. I mean, Traverse City is where we learned that To it was. Oh my God, he might be able to do this. Traverse City of Yoki Hari was like, Holy crap, this guy's ready now. Yeah. And yeah, even Forsling. I mean, yeah, Forsling was. That's um, when we find. I mean, a development camp is whatever. Yeah. It kind of is what it is. But Traverse City is where these guys really stand out. Like NHL ready guys in Traverse City are obvious. Yeah. So that's where we're going to but again you do not go you do not make the playoffs with four 19 and 20 year old defenders. no no and that's so the thing they can't they can't all come up at the same time. and I'm time.
0: curious when we talk to Stan Bowman tomorrow what type of plan it is because you can't go into next season saying maybe this guy works out because you better have some definitive guys that fit roles and, and that's why Forsling
1: and cuckoo and, and all the and, and, and uh, uh, Dalstrom are all going to be Dalstrom already is resigned yeah. because that's your safety net they're fine if they're in Rockford. But they're also, well, if these guys aren't ready yet. These are our stop caps. Well,
0: ultimately, they need to trade some guys because they have too many guys <laughs> signed for next year. They have too many defensemen now. Even bringing in Chad Chris and I imagine Ian Mitchell signs after mm-hmm. this weekend, um, uh, the Frozen Four, and um, yeah, and some of those guys are. You know, I, I thought Dennis Gilbert played well the other day, um, and not necessarily that he's ready, but he's at least he's a different type Big of defense, physical a guy, different yeah. type of def- defenseman than you you've seen. Good quote
1: too. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing him yeah, in the room.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And and I guess it's it's ultimately about Corey Crawford too, right? Like it's yeah. if he plays like he did down the stretch, then they're really good. But you don't know if he's well, gonna let play let a full season. Let me ask you
1: this: Do you foresee any possible way where they look at Cam Ward? Man, he was a perfectly serviceable backup this year. I mean, not maybe not a three million next year, but if he liked it here, and you don't not you know you have Delia as your number three. I mean, do you see any possible way where Delia is not the backup next year, and maybe it's Ward? It seems unlikely, but yeah. you look
0: at him today, he, and Keith called him the best player on the ice, and he was. And 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 we saw that sometimes. I don't I mean ultimately when you look at the numbers. You don't want to measure number one. No, I, I think. I, I think when you look at the big picture, though, it wasn't good enough. Like he's. Yeah. And, and, but he had good games, so it's not like he was. It's hard to say because he It seemed like every game he was in, he was the <laughs> firing squad. Right. Yeah. But that's also part of being on this team right now. It was right.
1: It's like the same question with, like, a Marcus Kruger. It's like, well, yeah, these guys are serviceable what they do, but are you looking to upgrade? Are you looking for Younger? Are you looking for the next thing? And I think yeah. that's where we're headed, and that's why Ward's not going to be back. Kuhnett certainly isn't going to be back. And I think Kruger's done here because yeah. I think you have it's, have time guys, for, you have, it's time you have guys
0: for guys. guys. Like, you have guys like – I think Highmore is a guy that can play on the fourth line. has yeah. a little bit more of an offensive pop. I mean, that fourth line wasn't going to score you any goals tonight with Kuhnett, Kruger, Kruger, and Hayden. Hayden. Yeah. Like, it just – um, I get that's a defensive situation, but you need someone who can score occasionally, and there's... Um, yeah, I don't know. I just... I, I feel like the game's trended where you don't necessarily need that fourth grinding line. Well, that's
1: my way. We, we were talking to Duncan Keith, and I hung around and stuck talked with him a little bit later, but he's seen the way he talks about the league now, it's like even compared to just three or four years ago, and Kane talks about this a lot too, it's the league is so different now than it was just a couple of years ago where everyone's so fast, and fourth lines, you know... Fourth lines 10 years ago were garbage. Fourth lines five years ago were, were, were contributors. and Now fourth lines are productive. And the, the game keeps going in that direction. You can't just have a bunch of plotting guys playing defense on your fourth line. Like Everybody's got to be able to contribute. Yeah. And when the Hawks were good this year, and those few stints where they were winning games, they had amazing balance in the in the lines. It was like, it was, you know, Colton has leaned so heavily on Kane and Taves and sod and, 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 and these top guys and even Dabrinkit. Uh, that he wore them down. He ran yeah. them down to the nub. I mean, th- what Patrick Kane wasn't good enough when the Blackhawks needed him most. He had 110 points this year, but when they needed him most, he wasn't. And it wasn't his fault because he was playing 27 minutes a night all yeah. season. You can't do that to a guy. They need to balance better. So you need fourth-liners that can play that not, aren't just not bad. They need to be able to play. Yeah. Um,
0: it's been an interesting season, though, huh, right? It's like, been it, a fascinating season. I mean, this yeah. is... The, the like when did you, what, it even like you signed with the Athletic? When it was September tenth, yeah, my wow. first day. Yeah, it's been the.
1: Uh, it's just it, it's been it's been fascinating. I mean, I, it it's been entertaining. Yeah, I mean it was awful in, in November and December. Like I, never, I mean the fact that they were
0: in the playoff race, right? It's like crazy. It's, yeah,
1: and I and I've, I've been getting into this with people on Twitter that, that there's there's like these absolutists out there that like either you make the playoffs and you win the Stanley Cup or you get a top three pick. Anything in between is unacceptable. And I understand that. I wrote that earlier this year, yeah. that that was the worst case scenario. It's exactly what happened where you just missed the playoffs. But I that was before these last couple of months happened. And when you see this and you see the the progress they've made and you see the strides of the young guys and the young guys playing in meaningful games and you see what you got out of Strom, this is not a lost season. No. The addition of Strom, uh, the... the, the just the progress they've made. I mean, the firing of Quenville. This all would have been a lot easier if they just done it in the summer. If they were gonna fire him, they should have done it in the summer. That can't be said enough. Yeah. Like Stan Bowman mis- made a mistake there. Mm. If you were gonna fire Joel at the first sign of trouble, you should have just fired him over the summer. It would have been better for everybody. He could have gone out with some dignity, and the, the Colleton would have gotten a training camp, and this team would have made the playoffs. I yeah. firmly believe that if that if if Joel Quenville were the coach all year, and the same moves were made. The, the, the schmaltz trade and all that this team makes the playoffs if Joel was fired in the summer this team makes the playoffs because of the timing of this they missed the playoffs Yeah. and I firmly believe that so there's been enough progress here that I think that if you're a Blackhawks fan you have genuine optimism for next season and the fact that you're not going to get a top three pick well the number 25 pick in the 2017 draft had a hat trick in his NHL debut today for Montreal yeah. I mean there's there's, there's fines everywhere
0: it, The people are angry about that there's Last year, they traded Hartman because it made sense to trade Hartman. There wasn't anyone they could trade from this roster. Like, on paper, they probably should have been. Like, Crawford was out again. Like, Delia saved this season. Kane went on an amazing run. Uh, I mean, they did. They did essentially tank. They didn't add to this team at the trade deadline right, right, when right. they were right the I'm just in the saying like,
1: like, that's the only. That's the, all you could do is by not making it better. Yeah. You, the players aren't going to lay down. Nobody. No. No player plays for a draft pick. Oh yeah, I'm going to play hard so that someone yeah. can take my job. And it's here. not
0: like basketball where you can sit guys. Right. And it do, doesn't you work that way. with the roster like that. They,
1: they, you know, you put Kane's less ice time. Kane was playing like 16 minutes a night for a couple of weeks there, and yeah. they were winning. Yeah. I mean, you can't like, the, the like D- then, Delia
0: Delian Ward during that stretch were really really good, well
1: yeah and 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 Stan Bowman not making a move at the deadline was him saying we're not playing for this year and, and
0: they had no rentals they could trade so like it right. wasn't that there
1: wasn't a lot they could do yeah uh, but like you know we talked about Guss and the death and then again that, I think that would have been a bad trade but th- they didn't they didn't add to the they didn't make a, they didn't make a single move at the deadline because they already made their moves there's there's nothing that could have been done to make them worse so this yeah, whole 100%. idea that, you know, oh, they, they blew a chance at a draft that's not the case. Yeah. They've got better. Isn't that what you want? Don't you want the team to get better? G- I'm, imagine like, the feeling going into the next season if this team played the last three months the way they played the first three months of this yeah, season. Yeah. It'd
0: be apocalyptic here. Yeah, Gustafson's interesting because he obviously was part of the reason why they succeeded. You know, like he became this, this key player in the power play and he's had this, this great offensive year. Um, but he's going into last year of his contract, and certainly he's going to get paid on the next one. But is it is it here or is it somewhere well, else? A, ha, ha. Because it's he's very much what you expect. Boquist he had in what those like an
1: 18 goal season this year. Yeah, whatever. He's it was. like a top five in points. I mean, that's a six million dollar guy all of a sudden. Yeah. Maybe more. You know, for all his defensive deficiencies, he's going to get paid. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, you know. It, 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 and that's why next trade deadline, deadline could be interesting. If you, have, if you see the progress you see, you need from Boquist, Bodan, Mitchell, and you think that these guys are ready to take that next step, and you have this guy that maybe you can't afford to pay him and Strom and to Brinkett, that's when you trade him, yeah. possibly, especially if you're not. If you know, but again, what if they're in the playoff mix next year? What do you do then? It's, 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 it's a problem they'd love to have. But, yeah, I mean, they, you can't have six offensive-minded yeah. defensemen. You need to have someone who can play defense out there. And all these prospects they have
0: are are puck movers. It was interesting. Last time I talked to, to Stan, and he mentioned we talked about Dominic Kubelik, who they traded for mm-hmm. uh, from L.A., just for his rights. And he said, A, they expect to sign him after the Worlds, and then B, that he thinks he'll be in their lineup next year.
1: Every year they sign a guy that I think that's not, we're never going to hear from him again, and he plays. Cahoon was that guy. Yeah. Um, Camp was that guy. And, and, and by all indications, I mean kahoon has played with Kubelik and Kubalik, excuse me, yeah. and uh, and and spoke very highly of him. I mean, you know, and he knows and he, he's, he's be made Shlumov. that transition. It'll never be Shalunov,
0: <laughs> ever, ever, ever. Gary Smith went to Moscow uh, last week to go see Shalunov and others, and much. and then he will never see him again. <laughs> I'll, well, I'll see Shalunov again. <laughs> oh man, I'm going to call the police. Give <laughs> me the Kremlin. You think the Athletics send me to uh, Slovakia is the world's issue?
1: Well, we're gonna already go, we're already going yeah. to Europe for the opener. Yeah, so. I'm exci- uh, I've never
0: been to Germany. Yeah,
1: I'm stoked about that. I've only been at Frankfurt Airport and the Dusseldorf Airport. Huh? And Prague's awesome, man. I got all the glue. I was in the
0: Prague Airport before. That's
1: it. Prague is a fun If you're a Blackhawks fan and you have a, a, a lot of disposable income and there's a lot of you because some of you have like 17 jerseys <laughs> and those things cost like 250 bucks each so you live on a different tax bracket than I do, you should make that trip, and Because Prague is awesome and... I once I know everyone drinks beer there, but you can get like a giant glass of wine, like a 10 ounce pour of wine for like 75 cents. The place is amazing. <laughs> uh,
0: speaking of an investment, it's you and I were here for Game One and Game 82, and uh, we were the only media outlet to be here for every game. So I uh, I don't yeah I just it's it's when they I decided to hire you that I just it felt like an investment of the hockey beat and our coverage, and it's uh, I, I feel like we've done. We've worked really well together this year, and hopefully this is just the start. But um, yeah, it's been it's been a fun year. Like Hulk and Thor, I'm 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 raging fire. You're <laughs> smoldering fire. <laughs> um, but and we'll get better at the podcast. Yeah, next we, next year we're, there's some got, changes there, being yeah, made there, in the there, athletic there's, too. There's like a
1: whole podcast initiative coming up with the athletic, and we're gonna get all. We're going to get our shit together, and we're going to do this every week, and we're going to figure out a way to do it when one of us is on the road. Yeah. Like, like like, every other podcast in the world uses Skype to do this, and we're just dumb. So we're yeah. going to figure that out. It's true. But, no, it's been awesome. It's been, uh, you know, I think I think we're given the kind of content where, you know, we're not getting bogged down in the day-to-day. And the well, so we've, we've also we've done it's
0: this, both of us, seven seasons now. So, yeah, we both started the same day, basically, yeah.
1: that first day of camp in 2013. So, so. I don't think, you know... I mean, I'd like to think you can't do better than us, right? Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, we got. I mean, in the off season. I mean, today's the end of the season, but we're just getting started. We were. Yeah, we got a bunch we, of. we were hashing out our plans for then t- Shit, the next week alone, we we're going to be uh, bombarding you with content uh, about the now, about the near future, about the distant future, uh, and I'm writing about the past. Yes. Because I, 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 am, I am on the nostalgia beat. I don't you know are. Anybody's yeah. Noticed that I am. Basically, every time the Hawks get really bad, I start writing about the good old days. People love that shit.
0: And if you really want to read about the good old days, by Mark's buy book. Buy my book.
1: You know, it's funny because uh, the one thing, you know, people give me, so, sometimes people, like, you know, they'll tease me because I write about the old days so much. But it's funny because when you talk to the players about the old days, they light up too. And all yeah. of a sudden, they're, like, happy again and telling <laughs> stories. Everybody likes talking about the
0: old days. Um, well, good. We will, um, you know... I'm sure we'll do some more chats and whatnot coming up too. Yeah, I all. mean,
1: uh, it tends to be real busy. The, the hockey off season is interesting because it, it it's like it, it goes quiet and then like crazy shit happens. It's like the next couple of weeks will be busy, yeah. then it'll quiet down a little bit, and then the draft comes and it's madness, and then the free agency is insane, and then everyone goes to their that's cottages. That's like, I, 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 I need a few weeks like to step away. <laughs> like, I just, yeah. And I'm going to be doing some. Uh, I'll be popping by the ballparks every now and then, and uh, I'm, I, I plan to carry my offbeat series into the baseball uh, world. Oh, cool. Um, I'll be there as a spectator, probably. There you go. Uh, the, the Cubs actually won a hockey, a baseball game today, so it's uh, miraculous. <laughs> At least I, I, I'm assuming they held on. they were up like thirteen to five. But with that, if Carl Edwards came in, who knows? You know, Carl, Edwards got
0: sent to Iowa. Oh, did he? Yeah. There you go. I'm on top of things. Um. <laughs> anyways, he's Mark Lazarus, and I'm Scott Powers, and this is the LP Podcast, and we will talk to you soon. Later.